Hello, and welcome to Quick Charge. I'm Mikey G, and it's Saturday, October 8th. Tesla's lithium refinery, which Elon Musk once called a money printing machine, is now expected to come online sooner than anticipated. In September of 22, we learned that Tesla had a plan to build a lithium refinery facility on the Gulf Coast of Texas. The goal of the new plant is to produce lithium hydroxide to support Tesla's battery cell production. The company also wants to prove its own new lower-cost processing system, and if successful, it could be adopted by the industry and facilitate a new development of lithium processing capacity, which is badly needed to support electric vehicle growth. Now, Tesla previously expected the plant to come online in about two years, but now plans have commissioned the assets for the first half of 2024 and a ramp-up during the second half of that year. A truckload of six Tesla Model Y vehicles caught on fire in Turkey. Translated from Turkish, the report reads, quote, The fire was caused by electric cars on a truck traveling on Arafat Street, Tulsa, district of Istanbul, around 2.30. As seen from these shared videos, the truck was carrying Tesla Model Y vehicles. According to the truck driver, the fire broke out in one of the electric vehicles being transported for an unknown reason. However, it is not known exactly how and what caused the fire. The vehicle battery may have been damaged during loading, or the fire may have been started due to a reason caused by the truck. Now, unfortunately, the report goes on to say that it took an hour to extinguish the fire and that all six vehicles were unusable by the end. Tesla only started delivering in Turkey earlier this year, but the automaker has been doing well in the market with already having 8,000 deliveries, according to local reports. It's important to note that electric vehicles don't catch on fire at a higher rate than gasoline-powered vehicles, but they do catch on fire for different reasons. Tesla prices have been falling all year, and today we've got another price cut to report on most trim levels. The Model Y Long Range and Model Y Performance are now listed for $2,000 less than they were earlier this week. The change comes days after Tesla introduced the cheapest Model Y the U.S. has seen, the rear-wheel drive version, which now starts at $43,390. The Model 3 has also seen price reductions. The rear-wheel drive and long-range versions both got a $1,250 price cut. And the performance is down $2,250 from previous pricing. Now, these new prices mean that with the modest state, local, or regional tax credits on top of the $7,500 federal credit, a new Model 3 could cost the buyer less than $30,000 in the right circumstances. It's common for a Tesla vehicle to now cost tens of thousands of dollars less than they did at the end of 2022. Now, the price drops even resulted in owners protesting that they felt aggrieved that their cars have lost so much value seemingly overnight. Now, this is an unprecedented predicament considering that inflation has had its sway in the economy. The United Auto Workers president, Sean Fain, announced today that General Motors has agreed to place all EV battery plant workers under the union's National Master Agreement. The UAW, or union, has been on a partial strike for three weeks now, and electric vehicles have been a speculative factor, even though they haven't been directly affected. This is considering the lower cost of labor for assembling an electric vehicle with fewer parts. Now, for their part, the union has never claimed that they want to pump the brakes on the EV transition. Rather, they just want to ensure a just transition, as they call it, that takes into account worker pay and safety. 
Now, the union contends that average wages at battery plants are significantly lower than average wages at other automotive manufacturing facilities. And this came into account when one General Motors Ultium plant actually voted to unionize back in December. But now it looks like all of GM's Ultium workers will be covered under the union's master agreement, according to the announcement made by the president. The union president. <laughs> the president said that the UAW will fight for similar concessions from Ford and Stellantis. The IRS has released new guidance on the EV tax credit on Friday, and there's some important information. The $7,500 tax credit can now be applied directly to the purchase of new and used electric vehicles. They had to create some silliness in the details and wording for that to happen, but the short version is that the new transferability wording, that provision, now allows buyers to transfer the EV tax credit to the dealerships they're purchasing the car from. Now, this is not unlike what was already being done in lease agreements. The dealer then passes this savings on to the buyer and then is reimbursed by the government with an advance payment on the tax credit. Now, this is for the purchase, mind you. Now, this change does not remove the income cap that was present with the law, which restricts the credit for taxpayers who make over $150,000 single or $225,000 head of household, $300,000 for married. So, high-income people still cannot claim the new credit, but low- and middle-income people can. At least that's our understanding of it. We're not tax advisors, so be sure and read the fine print. And yes, I am effectively holding up my fingers as a cross to ward off lawsuit vampires. Nissan is recalling about 10,000 of their 2023-built Aria EVs over a defective inverter software that can cause the vehicle to shut down unexpectedly. The vehicles were built between June 17th of 2022 and May 19th of 2023. Nissan says on affected vehicles, there's a potential that the conductive shavings from the drive's motor slip ring can short-circuit two slip rings. Now, because of the short circuit, the inverter detects an overcurrent and cuts the motor torque due to fail-safe protocols. Owners of potentially affected vehicles will be notified beginning October 20th, and dealers will reprogram the inverter to improve protocols free of charge. Nissan says the process will take less than one hour. The Renault Group, or as the Americans would say, Renault and Volvo Group, have announced that they are forming a new company together to help decarbonize the logistics industry. The new joint venture will specialize in developing a lineup of all-electric vans that will be on top of a new skateboard platform called the LCV. Now, the release states that both Renault and Volvo have signed binding agreements that allow each respective company 50-50 equity stakes, as both of them intend to invest 300 million euros each over the next three years. CMA-CGM Group has also signed a non-binding letter of intent to join in, vowing to invest 120 million euros. Altogether, the companies will work on developing and producing an all-new family of fully electric, software-defined vehicles specifically designed for logistics and rentals. This new yet-to-be-named company is expected to begin operations in early of 2024. Volkswagen of America released their third quarter sales figures just this week. Overall, the U.S. sales were down 1.2%, but looking at their electric program, VW sold a total of 87,756 cars in the third quarter, and that means that the ID4 made up 12.2% of its sales. That's actually above the national average of 6-7%. It sounds great, but this hasn't met the target that was set by the company. 
Sales of the Chattanooga, Tennessee-built Volkswagen ID.4 rose more than 60% year-over-year, but unfortunately it's nowhere near their 2023 target. It's actually about half of what they wanted. Vietnamese EV maker VinFast reported rising third-quarter revenue and EV deliveries and vehicle sales just this Thursday. However, most of the growth is due to sales to a related company. VinFast EV deliveries reached 10,027 in the third quarter, but around 60% of sales were to a company called Green and Smart Mobility, a rental and taxi company established by VinGroup, which is VinFast's parent company. Now, if this sounds familiar, it's actually the second quarter that VinFast sales have largely reflected the rental company purchases. In today's community comment, a couple of you were talking about Gigafactory Mexico, more or less asking what the holdup is and why Tesla would have agreed to go there if they didn't have everything already secured. That's a very good question, something that's way outside of my pay grade. I do know that Tesla is going to announce quite a few factories in order to reach their goal. Some of the upcoming candidates could be in France or Thailand. We'll just have to wait and see. But yeah, Giga Mexico has already been announced, even though they don't have all the infrastructure even planned out yet, which is a little bit concerning. I was very excited to hear about their initial timeline of trying to get the production up and running within one year's time, trying to beat out Gigafactory Shanghai. But it looks like the Shanghai plant will hold the record for a little bit longer. And in some ways, maybe it should be that way, because I know there's quite a lot of kerfuffle about worker safety and various aspects of worker rights that's going on in China. If you've ever seen the documentary American Factory about a glass factory that was going to be built in America by a Chinese company, it's quite an entertaining watch. I really enjoyed it. I watched it with the plant safety manager and we probably paused five or six times <laughs> every 30 minutes so that he could tell me about how incredibly strange it was to see Chinese manufacturing or the Chinese methods applied to an American company. Now, that's not entirely related to Tesla, but it's somewhat close. But thanks for watching Quick Charge. I'm Mikey G, and I hope you have a great day.